I realized that when I was in high school, I was definitely the worst in the class in speaking English. And it was so bad that every time that I had to read out loud or give a presentation, I would just call myself sick and I would stay at home because I was so nervous of speaking English. Alright, well, welcome to this new podcast episode. And I have a dear friend and an amazing English coach with me. This is Buffy Doberman. Welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah, your studio looks amazing, I just said already. But thank you so much for joining me. You are one of the first people I ever contacted when I wanted to improve my English. And that's years back. I want to say seven years back. Do you remember? I was thinking eight. Yeah, long, long time ago. Yeah. I think I read about you in the newspapers because for everyone who doesn't know Buffy yet, Buffy is, I think, the most famous English coach in the Netherlands for sure. You're coaching celebrities, you're coaching creatives, you're coaching CEOs from big companies, and you appear a lot in the media, you're on television a lot, talking about how people improve their English or get more confidence in English. And I read that article and I was like, oh my God, I need to speak to Buffy. And Back at that time, it was a little bit easier to work with you one-on-one, I remember, than now, because you've grown so much in fame that for now, to work one-on-one with you, yeah, you do mostly CEOs and stuff, right? My calendar is very full. I have clients in different countries, and one-on-one coaching, my time is very valuable, as is my clients. So there's a different price point attached to personal coaching. But I also have something scalable that everyone can learn from. Yeah, let's start with that one. Because in this conversation, I would love to talk with you about confidence in English, how to get your, you know, when you speak a different language, for me, it's Dutch, for a lot of people listening might be another language. But if you want to proceed or get a career in English or get your business in English, I think, especially in mindset, how you can pursue that. I would love to talk with you about America because I live right now in America and you're American. (laughs) But let's start with the amazing new program you just launched, Communication Nation. Tell me about it. What is it and for who is it? Yeah, I spent three years working on Communication Nation because I had a ridiculously long waiting list for personal coaching and not everyone can invest in it. And what it is, is it's the world's first English communication and confidence app and e-learning website. I have over 100 video lessons, workbooks, quizzes. There's seven full courses and it's all about presentations, grammar, pronunciation, but there's also a whole section on mindset coaching as well. We also have live events. We have special exclusive things only for members. So it's learning via the app and it's testing yourself via the quiz and then it's applying it in our workshops and our masterclasses, which are developed only for our members. And we have members now in 12 countries. We only have three launches a year. The doors are only open for five days. So when you're in, you're in, but you have to wait to join. It's like a very exclusive club, but it's super, super affordable. And we had our first launch in February, and now we have members from 12 countries. So I am so overjoyed because everyone can get all of my expertise in their phone. And uh, it's so much fun. I love that it's also an app that must be really easy to just, yeah. It is. And people can ask me questions every day in the forum. People are supporting each other. We have one guy who joined who's a sushi chef from Mexico who lives in New Jersey, and he was trying to speak English with his clients in the sushi restaurant. And his clients in New Jersey told him about Communication Nation and they said, oh, you should join. So he joined. He's in the forum and we're all talking and we're all communicating in English and people are being very vulnerable and honest. Many of them have really high performance jobs with a lot of expectations. And when they speak English, they don't feel super confident. So I'm honored to serve so many people in that way as well. 
what are the biggest insecurities from people who have to speak English for their job or for their business and are not really used to it? What do you hear most of the time? Yeah, so so many people are speaking English all the time, but they're not getting any feedback. So, for example, they're speaking in the way that they've always spoken, but no one has said, you know what, you could have used softening language to frame that bad news. You could have used these modal verbs. You could have added an adjective to that verb. Or you've used the word good, nice, or big four times in the last four sentences. Let's expand your vocabulary. So you're digging deeper into your own habits and without even knowing that there's a lot of alternatives. So I took my coaching method and I visualized it. I take people from awkward to awesome. It's a seven-step program and every step is integrated in the app and in the program and everything that I do. But I give you a lot of different awareness and alternatives. And I truly think the way you show up in the world starts with how you show up for yourself. It doesn't matter how much grammar you know or how many words you know. If you don't feel great sharing your story, you're going to feel very, very small and awkward. And people are so scared of making a mistake or coming across in the wrong way, especially people who have Dutch, German, French, Spanish, or Italian as a first language. In all of those languages, you have a formal and informal way of saying you. You have you and you, for example, in Dutch. But in English, we don't. We only have you. So how can you express formality? We use different words. So you have to expand your vocabulary. For example, in the app, I have the writing well, because I want you to write well. But also in the videos, I come out of a well. It's all with my humor. They're so much fun to watch. But many times we start an email with, I hope this finds you well. It's a professional way of softening what you want to say. And then a Dutch person would say, oh, I don't care. I hope that this fine. I would never do this in Dutch. And they said, I get it because you have an ooh. You don't mean to do that in Dutch, but this is our ooh in English. This is how we create respect. This is how we create formality. So many people come across as being much too direct than they want. Oh, that is that's such an interesting point. I never even thought about the fact that Obviously, I've been speaking English for a while now because I live in America, yeah. but yeah. indeed, like, it's so hard and Americans are so polite and they're so friendly. So the only thing I hear day after day is, oh my God, I love your accent. It's so cute. But it's not that they're going to say, Celine, you speak like, you know, it's not dog, it's dog or, you know, more in the American accent. And I <laughs> have to really try to find indeed the right way to say things or... Yeah, but what is the right way to say? When people say, I want to speak right English. What is that? So when I coach someone, I always say, what does success look like for you? If we talk about like Louis van Fowl, the football trainer, I'm his biggest fan. Everyone makes fun of his English and his accent, but it works for him. And he loves how he, you know, he's doing great. So who am I? I would never, ever touch that at all because that's his right. That works beautifully for him. Right. So I always start with what is success for you? What is right for you? Well, what do you think, for instance, if somebody comes to you and they're insecure about their English, what is the first thing that you tell them? Is it the grammar they should work on, vocabulary? Should they just speak more? It's a combination. So I first do an intake and I hear where are the problem areas. So for example, for some people, pronunciation can be a real issue. I had a client the other day. He said, now I have to go to my third meeting. My third meeting. He meant my third meeting, but third is poop. Right? Yeah. So it's like my meeting about poop or I'm going on holiday with tree friends. It sounds like you're from the Wizard of Oz and you're hanging out with these trees. Like is pronunciation getting in the way? Or, you know, if I'm working with a songwriter, I work with many, many artists who write lyrics in English. And there's a huge difference between I missed you and I've been missing you. When I say I missed you or I loved you, it means I don't anymore. That situation right. is over and I've moved on. 
But if you say, I have been missing you, it's one of the other forms of the past tense. We have six, but that means I'm still desperately missing. It has a completely different storyline. So for some people, the grammar is super important to address first. Other people, pronunciation. And for some people, that mindset coaching. Many times I have clients in their 50s and 60s who had a terrible experience with a teacher when they were 14 or 15. And 30, 40 years later, I'm cleaning up the mess that that horrible teacher made when they were laughed at, when they had to give a presentation or someone said, oh, just do this in Dutch. You'll never make it in English. That feedback is what they've held on to, unfortunately, for so many years. So mindset coaching for them is where we start. I realized that was actually with me too, because I've been dreading talking English. Dutch people make fun of my accent in English. And I realized that when I was in high school, I was definitely the worst in the class in speaking English. And it was so bad that every time that I had to read out loud or give a presentation, I would just call myself sick and I would stay at home because I was so nervous of speaking English. And I, I wasn't allowed really to watch television at home. So I miss what a lot of people growing up had, that they watched English television and get a little bit of an accent and an idea of right. how English... You're exposed to more natural English, right? Right, get that. yeah. Yeah. And it's funny because I work in Berlin and in Berlin, it's very, very hard to find TV or a movie that's kept in the original language. Everything right. is dubbed. So you have to really look hard to find authentic, natural English. And if you're not exposed to that, especially as a child, you have kind of a slanted view of what natural English is because you've never yeah. been exposed to that. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Let's talk a little bit about America because you come from America. Where did yes. you grow up? I was born in Brooklyn and that is one of my favorite places in the world where there are, I think, over 100 recognized cultures and languages. And then my father got a new job. So then I moved to a suburb of Chicago and then I went back to New York for my college. So New York is where I feel most at home. I try to go back as often as I can. And it's funny, I had actually a question for you because I've lived now in Europe. I'm 55 this year. I've lived here in Europe since 1990. And that's a long time. But I still have, according to everyone, that American drive and ambition and enthusiasm. And people think to me, oh, you're so fake. You're such a cheerleader all the time. You're always so up or you're so ambitious and, you know, you don't have to work so hard. But then they go to New York and then they come back and they're like, oh, I get you now. I get you. Everyone is like that. So how is that for you being surrounded by this energy and which I miss every single day? Yeah. How is that for you as a Dutch person now fully immersed in that American optimism and enthusiasm? Right. Because just for clarification, you went to the Netherlands because you married, right? You fell in love with a Dutch guy. And... No, I had a one night stand with a very hot man in Barcelona. Now we're oh. together 33 years this year. God bless that man. He deserves a medal. So he <laughs> found me a job working at the Nonaches, a very well-known language academy. Mm -hmm. And I worked there for 11 years and then I left to start my own company. So I've been working full-time for my own company for 22 years now. Yeah, wow. Yeah. Well, in answer to your question, yeah, I love it. It's one of the main reasons why I wanted to come to America. And also when I contacted you all those years back. So I, the first time I went to America was when I was 21. And I yeah. landed here and within five minutes, I just knew this is home. The people are amazing here. The energy is uplifting. The enthusiasm is out of this world. And I never thought it was fake or it felt like fake to me because obviously, like when an American asks you like, hey, how are you? It's not that they really deeply at that moment want to have like a report of how you felt in the past week. 
It's just a really nice thing to say. It's our way of greeting you. Yeah. yeah. Hi, how are you? It's just like, hi. No one expects you to say, well, I've got this rash here. <laughs> I, you know, and my dog got hit by a car. And hit... no, no, that's not. It's just, hi, how are you? And that's how we check in with people. Yeah. It's such a fun and sweet and normal way to do it. And so I never looked at it with the glasses on like, oh, this is really fake and I'm really cynical Dutch woman. No, it's I love the optimism and I love the enthusiasm. And you really are indeed. I think even for America, you might be like, you know, extremely supportive and enthusiasm. But that's also because of your well, role of a coach, obviously. Yeah. I mean, my blood type is be positive. Literally, that is my blood type. Be positive. Yeah. So it's kind of in my blood. And that's kind of why I love doing what I do is really spreading the joy that we get to have every single day. You know, if you do what you love, what a blessing, what a gift. Yeah. And even when I'm back in America, I've had situations where I'm trying on like a bra and the lady's like, hey, love your hair. Let me come in and help you with that. And I'm like, okay, babe, no, it's good. I can try on my own bra. I've done this before. I'm good. Thank you for the compliment about my hair. But, you know, the reason is but what people don't realize is in retail, a lot of these people work on commissions because they get a ridiculously low hourly rate. Right. So that commission, just like I was a waitress for many years, I got $2.08 an hour. So that tip was the missing part of my income yeah. because we have no social system in America. It's a disaster. So being nice to people to get that commission or to get a bigger tip. Also has an economic reason, which is underbelly, the sad part of the American social system. But sometimes I find that there's also limits, like I can put on my own bra. But thank you for helping. Thank you for trying. <laughs> Have a nice day. <laughs> I think what I love is that Americans are such a good storytellers also. So yes. they're not afraid to just like take the stage, start a story and engage everyone in the group around them. They're such a social creatures in a way that we in the Netherlands, for instance, are, I think, a little bit more direct or introverted in a way That's that we it. don't take the stage in the same way. No, honey, we grew up with show and tell from the age of four. My first day at kindergarten, I was asked to stand up on my very first day and talk about my summer vacation. And we're always getting feedback. We're speaking in public. We started talk radio. We started breakfast news. We started breakfast TV podcast that all is from that American storytelling. And here in the Netherlands, I find indeed that people are very data driven. They think the numbers will speak for themselves. They don't. No one has ever looked at an Excel and said, oh, it gave me goosebumps. That spreadsheet. Did you feel the Excel? No one. So with my CEOs, I'm really unpacking undiscovered storytelling angles. So when someone is working on presenting things to the board or to the stakeholders, how can we make your results come alive with this beautiful sprinkling of storytelling so you're not just leaning on numbers? Because numbers are just part of the story, but they're not the whole story at all. Yeah. Let's swift gears a little bit and go into what if you're an entrepreneur and you want to build a business in English instead of your own language and you feel blockages and fear. Like one of the steps obviously could be like, okay, I'm going to go to Buffy. I'm going to go to Communication Nation and I find right. a community there to practice. Right. What are other things that you recommend for people to do? Like I've read tips for, for instance, start reading a newspaper every day in a different language or what are mm. things that you would suggest? Reading and listening make you a better reader and a better listener. Again, you're putting more words on the library shelves in your head, which is already full. The library in your head has thousands of words. You recognize these words because you listen to them or you read them. But are you taking all of those words and putting them in your mouth? No. 
So you have to be active. I always say, if you don't have an opportunity to speak, you need to write. So taking something that you've read or listening to a podcast, super great starting point. But then I want you to activate every day. Take five words out of that podcast, write them down. I just did a post about this on Instagram. Instead of Netflix and chill, I want Netflix and skills. So I tell you how to get vocabulary out of binge watching. When you have your TV or your laptop, you put a notebook next to your remote control. So you set yourself up for success. You're ready to write down new words. You put the subtitles in English. So you're listening to English and you're reading English. You double your sensory activation. You write down five new words a day. Then you put them in five different sentences. Then you put all five into one sentence. Then you put three sentences, put them into a story. You're forcing yourself to be active and you don't need anyone to do this. You could do so much on your own. Right. <laughs> Did I scare you? No, no, no. It's actually, so I always, when I watch Netflix, I always use it with subtitles. And indeed, I yeah. do take out the words that I haven't really used myself right. so much. So I do that tip. One of the things that I noticed that in a while it started to get easier to be fluent in conversations. And that's also because when I'm struggling to find a word, my conversation partner would help I me. Count yeah. Yes. He or she would help me and would say like, oh, I think you mean this or that. So a conversation yeah. started to get more fluent and I wasn't really afraid of talking in English anymore. Right. But the part right. what really was a big struggle for me was getting a podcast out, for instance, in English, just by yeah. myself. Just like, you know, talking for 30 minutes in English, that's a whole different ballgame because Completely. then you have to, like, nobody's talking back to you. And I think that's what a lot of entrepreneurs will notice when they make reels or stories or even the podcast and the videos. If you put them online in your own language, it's different in another language. One of the sure. things that helped me was I started to videotape or video myself just talking randomly for 10 minutes in English mm -hmm. about anything that I wanted, just to get used yeah. of that. I should keep talking even though I don't yes. really know the words. Right. Yeah. So one of the lessons I have in communication nation, I have a section called the Mindset Mansion. In the Mindset Mansion are tons of communication tips and tricks on how to stay focused, balanced, and grounded when you don't know the word so that you don't freak out. One of the lessons is called the puddle. So after a rainfall, I'm sure in the Netherlands where it's raining, oh, it's snowing actually right now. When you walk outside, maybe you've walked through a puddle. We all have. But what do you do? Do you stand in the puddle and say, look, I'm in the puddle. My shoes are wet. My shoes are getting ruined. Everyone, look, I'm stuck in this puddle. No, you step in the puddle and you keep on moving. Communication is the same thing. So when you don't know a word, instead of bringing everyone into your puddle, you just keep on moving. And that's why you can really be honest and say, wait, I can't think of the right word. Give me a moment or can you help me out? And I think being vulnerable in communication is super, super important. Because if you say to someone, I can't find the right word. You're actually saying, my message to you is so important that I want to find the right word. I want to have a well-crafted message to honor you, to honor what I want to say. Right. So it's actually a huge compliment when you say to someone, wait, give me a minute. I really want to try to get this right for you. You're honoring your counterpart by saying, I want to find the best word to really express myself because you mean that. You mean enough to me you to can. do that. But you don't want to freak out and block and freeze. You want to keep moving. So having another alternative or having another way to say that, even if it's not what you exactly mean, but something parallel, that will keep that conversation going. 
do you think it really is possible to speak in a way that's so fluent and so natural that in a second language as your first language? Uh, no, it's a okay. skill. It's like any single skill, but you have to put in the work. You have to put in the work, get feedback, apply the feedback, put in more work. Right. My first English lesson I gave was in 1986, right? So that's before many of you were born, I think. Uh-huh. And I think people think, okay, I've talked to you for half an hour. I must be fluent now. No. Just like any skill, you need to stay active and you need to get feedback. And that's why I designed Communication Nation because there's so many quizzes. There's English teachers in the forum every single day that you can check in with and ask questions. We have monthly coaching sessions for everybody. It's really important to get that feedback so that you know, okay, how could I move forward? Or what am I doing wrong? Or how could I find an alternative? Or how can I improve this? Yeah. But just assuming that I listen to an English podcast, so I'm sure I can give a TED Talk now. No, maybe not. Maybe not. Right. And what is your opinion about accents? So, for instance, I obviously have a really Dutch accent still. And I took some no. pronunciation lessons where I learned that, for instance, I use an O instead of an N. I was trying to get more familiar with the American accent because I like that yeah. the best. My mom and my sister are really skilled in languages. And in the Netherlands, we learn English often on the English way, like the British yeah, way. British. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I love the American accent. Do you think it is important in your business or in your job that you're taking more seriously when you don't have an accent at all? Or what is your opinion on that? I think that's a really good question. I think it really depends on how you feel about yourself. I have very high-level CEOs who are CEOs of multinationals, and some of them really say, I want to keep traces of my accent because this is who I am. I don't want to hide where I came from. I'm so proud to be Dutch. And I have other people who really want to sound as native as possible. I coach a lot of actors, for example, who are doing productions in L.A., And they really want to sound completely American. And that takes a lot of work because we start with vowel extension, A-E-I-O-U, that we start in the back of the mouth. It's rounder. It's more wider. We lower the chin more for the U sound. We focus more on the buzzed TH instead of the blown TH. This is all in communication nation. But there's really so much. We're creating new muscle memory. There are nine right. muscles in your mouth that are responsible for sound. Someone told me once. I hope they're correct because that's what I'm going to say. But it's really like when I do pronunciation exercises with someone, you know, after an hour, they're like, oh, you know, I work a lot with Rico Verhoeven. He just did his first big Hollywood movie. I was the coach for that all in English. And Rico is the world's best kickboxer. He is literally the strongest man in the world when it comes to kickboxing. And he's like, I have so many coaches, but you are the hardest. You give me the most pain in my mouth. So I'm so proud that I made Rico cry in his uh, mouth area. But I think it's all about authenticity. You know, how do you feel about how you sound and who right. is the target? Yeah. How authentic yeah. do you want to sound? There's no right or wrong. It's all about how you feel about how you, you know, and so many people send me a DM on Instagram. Oh, you should really coach this person because they sound. And I'm like, if they're happy with it, who am I to say, you know what? You can do better. I've never done acquisition. I have never approached anyone ever. If people feel that they want help or coaching, they know where to find me. And yeah. then they're motivated to work on it, you know. Yeah. That's where it starts. I go a little bit back and forth on it. At first, I think I thought it was really important to get rid of my Dutch accent. But that was exactly when I was still living in the Netherlands. And I got so yeah. much feedback on my English. And I felt like, oh, yeah, I'm not doing it right. And now that I'm living in America, I actually feel that my Dutch accent is less important for me to get rid of. I'm more interested in expanding my vocabulary. 
and sure. finding vocabulary. more elegant. Yeah. Yes, yeah. thank you. <laughs> and finding yeah. more elegant ways of saying things. And I think the mindset part of, okay, maybe my English isn't like exactly how I want it to be, but I will start a podcast now or I will have interviews right. in English now. So it's a less priority, but I can see myself maybe in a couple of years being more interested again in working on the accent part that I'm like, okay, it's kind of fun to be able to switch to a completely American accent that nobody, because everyone who meets me here is within two seconds like, oh, where's your accent from? I love it. Yeah, where's <laughs> and, from? Yeah. yeah. would be fun to just be able to hide it a little bit better. And yeah. I've learned that apparently you can switch it on and off. Is that correct? Is that also your... Sure. I mean, certain people can. If I'm doing, working with someone who wants to speak British English, then we talk about where we're going to be in British. Well, you can, there's so many <laughs> different kinds of British English of, as they call on, mine varies over Nederlands, but then I'll have to even over not Vlaams, and I'll have to look my Nederlands. You can switch it, but then you have to be really aware of who is your target group. I always say, what is your people, the platform, and the purpose? Those are my three Ps, the people, the platform, and the purpose. Do they justify you switching languages? I don't want you to feel like you're being inauthentic. And me as a language specialist in the English communication field, I spent some time in Wales and I was in the supermarket and this beautiful, kind grandmother said something to me. And I said, I am so sorry. I don't speak Welsh. Could you say that in English? And she said that was English. Oh. I did not understand <laughs> the words. My whole life imploded in that supermarket. <laughs> In Brooklyn, you know, when you get into a taxi and there's a very good chance the person driving that taxi does not have English as a first language. So right. we're always surrounded by lots of versions of English. What is right? You know, there's no, yeah. there's no right. No, that's good to take away. It's all about how you. And I give you so much credit because, yes, because you are a public figure and you're an easy target because you're out there and people will have so much criticism about your English, but you are out there in the game. You are yeah. out there shining your light on the world instead of all these keyboard warriors who are giving shit to you and to so many other people. And I've actually, you know, for me, a real danger zone is when someone says, I've received so much criticism about my English, I've decided not to do anything in English anymore. You know, right. that's how you break my heart. You have given them the power. Yeah. Well, and that's also one of the reasons why I really wanted to make this podcast. And I want to encourage everyone because I got so many DMs from people like, oh, man, it's so brave what you're doing now in English because I tried it for a while and I stopped it. Or it's actually a desire, but I'm just too afraid to do it. And one of the things that I did a couple of weeks back was saying like, hey, I want to be on more podcasts. So if you want to have me in a podcast, you can interview me, but it has to be in English and not in Dutch. And I think I received like yes. 40 or 50 people like, oh man, I'm too afraid to interview you in English because I'm afraid that my English isn't yeah. good enough. And it's just such a shame because, you know, the market is so much bigger in English. And if you're confident in your English, of course. Or just, you know, start doing it, you grow by doing it. And exactly. And I think that's why I have such empathy for my, you know, my clients are all very high performance people playing on a global stage and they can't afford to make a mistake in English. And I have that, you know, in Dutch, when I've been on Yinek or The Real That I Do or been in the NRSA, I have to sound just as smart and charming and clever and fluent in Dutch as I do in English. And I'm always worried, like, oh, I'm sure I don't sound as smart in Dutch. I am sure I'm not as funny in Dutch. So I have the exact same problem as my clients. You know, when right. they want to do it in English, they really want to feel just as smart and as powerful. And I have the reverse. I have the same in, in Dutch. 
I want to be me and Dutch as well. And the struggle is real. The problem is, you know, if I'm sitting there on the discussion table at Yenik and I can't find the word, you know, 800,000 people are watching me not find the right <laughs> word. So it's kind of like, oh, so I totally understand that pain and that feeling. But, you know, you keep on doing it. You keep on doing it. Right. And the jokes, especially, and your own tone of voice in a different language. I noticed yeah. that that is only for me now developing. I'm developing my own sense of humor in English. And that took me a while because I was like, in Dutch, I'm pretty funny. Like, it just doesn't come yeah. out in English yet. <laughs> this yeah. is a funny joke in English. I guess it doesn't translate well. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, I get it. A hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah. But I just give you so much credit. Because just a final thought is when you let the people who criticize you, when you give them the power and let them keep you small, you've given it all away. Right. So stay in your light, stay in your lane and focus on being who you are. And as you do that, you'll develop and you'll grow and they'll just keep criticizing you, but they're not going anywhere. So you're oh. the one who's in the game, moving forward and putting yourself out there. So I only love for you, my darling. <laughs> Thank yeah. you. Well, I see it also that I'm just so looking forward in a couple of years and I'm way more fluent and looking back at these interviews and videos that I make now and just knowing that I'm making progress every day. That's so fun. Every like, day. Yeah. Every day, every day. And I'm sure, you know, as someone who worked with you, Eight years ago, I have seen such a big change in how you're communicating. So, I mean, there's amazing progress there. Oh. And I think the thing is, you're always the last one to know because you can't be objective about how far you've come. But, honey, I've known you for a really long time and I'm so proud of who you are and how far you've come in so many different ways. So, that that's so what for you. Thank you, Muffy. I mean, love back to you. I mean, Thank you so much for coming on and talking. Where can people if they want to sign up for your program? So it's opening in May again, right? Yeah. So we're going to launch again in May, on May 10th, I believe. And if they go to communication-nation.com, that's communication or hyphen nation.com. That's where they can find out all about the program and the quizzes and the forum and our live events. And people are welcome to join. It's a very low price point and everyone is welcome. I would love to see everybody there. Yeah, and yeah. if we want to like follow more of you, I think Instagram is still the best way to do Instagram? that, right? Yes. Instagram, Buffy Duberman. Buffy with an I. It's my real name. My parents were hippies. Long story. <laughs> but yeah. Find me on Instagram. I have reels and tricks. Yeah. I said I will put all the links in the show notes too so people can uh, click on that. Yeah. And thank you so much for asking me. It's such an honor. And I promise I will come and play pickleball with you in Arizona one day. I promise. <laughs> it's on my bucket list. We've already done Bali together, right? I remember in Bali holding on to you on the back of that scooter when we were going to the schools I was teaching at. So you can teach me about pickleball in uh, Arizona. I will I do that. Wait. I'm becoming a pro <laughs> in it. I believe sure. that. Thank you so much. <laughs> Thank you. Okay, sweetheart. Take Bye. care. Lots of love. Thank you. Thanks so much for watching the video and you stayed all the way to the end. If you really like this, please subscribe and like. And you really might like this next video.